1: The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Gators Breakdown episode 154 is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SPC. Joining me this episode of Gators Breakdown is co-host and founder of ReadAndReaction.com. That's Will Miles, and you can find him on Twitter at WillMilesSE see well this was supposed to be a fun laid back episode and then we get the uh justin watkins news uh, a few hours before record time and as the saying goes there's never a dull moment in gator nation
0: (laughs) oh man I, i don't know this is becoming a yearly occurrence that we have to come on here and talk about talk about suspensions and legal issues and all sorts of stuff and you know you just as far as it as far as it impacts the football team, I don't know that we really, uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point, right? Based on what the accusations are, you just hope everybody's okay and you hope that, uh, you know, for the best outcome for everybody. But I'm not sure that that's going to include having Watkins on the team.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. You said it there. We'll let it play out, but uh, it does not look good whatsoever. But we'll get into that. And our uh, main topic where the media uh, voted. I had the uh, predicted order of finish uh, from the SEC media last week in Atlanta at SEC media days. So uh, that's the kind of couple topics we'll hit on on this episode of Gators Breakdown. But remember, you can find all your Gators Breakdown episodes on news 4 com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News for Jack sports team. That's news 4 com slash Gators Breakdown. Also, listen on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube if you want the video version there. And when using those services, please share, rate, and review Gators Breakdown. Let Gator Nation know what they're getting. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. So as we said and alluded to, Justin Watkins was arrested and charged. Uh, And I'll read a report here from our good friend from Swap 24-7, Thomas Goldkamp, uh, Florida signee Justin Watkins. Uh, trouble with the law again after he did have a, uh, earlier incident this spring back in Marion County, uh, Watkins was booked into the Alachua County jail on Tuesday and remains in custody facing four charges, including two third degree felonies. Alachua County inmate logs list charges of false imprisonment, kidnapping, and domestic battery by strangulation as the two third degree felony charges against the recent Florida enrollee, as well as two first degree misdemeanor battery charges. Quote from Dan Mullen through a U.S. spokesman. Justin Watkins has been suspended immediately from all team activities. And then uh, WCJB TV20 in Gainesville uh, obtained a copy of the arrest report. And will. this is where it gets kind of ugly. Uh, it indicates that Watkins held a woman down on the bed and punched, slapped, and choked her back on July 20th. Watkins then blocked the exit to his dorm room before the woman sprayed him with mace to escape. Uh, The University of Florida Police Department made the arrest. Bond has not yet been set, according to the Alachua County court records. So, Will, as you mentioned, a year ago, where we are going through the whole credit card issue. Uh, Go fast forward a year later. And now, uh, after an incident in May, uh, when he was, uh, Watkins was uh, arrested for allegedly breaking a a female's phone and kicking her car. Um, And then um, uh, the police report there indicated that Watkins then followed the woman. Uh, to the Vanguard High School, kicked her car repeatedly because he was not a student at Vanguard. He was charged with trespassing in school grounds. So that incident and after on July 20th, the incident we just read, that's pretty damning, Will.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing we need to say is that this is an accusation. It's not something that's been proven. He hasn't been convicted. Um, and certainly he deserves his, uh, his day in court. And, and I'm sure we'll get that. Um, it doesn't sound good, but, you know, to react right away. It's, it's just, you're sad. I mean, you're sad that this happens in society in general. You're ha- sad that it, that it would happen to, to, you know, not just a football team, but that it would happen on campus and that it would happen to really anybody. And, you know, I, I don't have any, like at, at the end of the day, the football team is, is so secondary <laughs> compared to, um, the welfare of the people who are involved that it seems kind of stupid to talk about, um, you know what the impact might be on the field or something like that. It's just again, you hope that that the the victim is okay. You hope that Watkins gets help that he needs. If these turn out to be true, if these allegations turn out to be true, that you know clearly he needs some help as well, and you hope he gets that. And you know, I've been pretty uh, forgiving of some of the uh, the. I guess allegations against players like Antonio Calloway and things like that, at least as far as the marijuana and types, those types of things are concerned. This is considerably different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, we'll see as more details come out, uh, Mullen suspended him immediately. And so he's not going to be playing at least until or participating until, uh, until more details come out. And, and uh, you know, I, Again, I just, I hope that the right thing is done to the victim and, or are done for the victim and that, uh, you know, this thing is handled appropriately.
1: Yeah. And, you know, while we had the saying, you know never a dull moment in in Gator Nation and everything that dealt with the credit card scandal from last year and Jim McElwain and company, you know, this is the first kind of, uh, you know, negative news have come out of the Gators' camp since uh, Mullen's been head coach, and also you know one of the players he recruited. And you know, some of, a lot of people brought up a good point is you know, and Malik Grady who uh, sent us private messages uh, back on Twitter and stuff. You know, brought up a good point when you're going through when Mullen was hired and have to get everything kind of quickly together for a recruiting class. You know, maybe things like this kind of fall through the cracks because you know there were you know talk and rumors going around that Alabama and LSU uh, wouldn't recruit Watkins, and it may be because of issues like this. So, you know, I thought that was a a good point brought up by Malik there is when you, this is, you know, a guy that when Mullen's first class, you're rushing, you got early signing day, you got, you have to, you know, rush till February as well, and maybe things like this get overlooked.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know anything about what his history was in high school. I can't really comment on that. Um, certainly, there's a longer, there's a long or a shorter time to establish relationships, and so it's harder to maybe do some of those things. But it's it's hard for me to believe that that somebody on the staff had not looked at Watkins as a prospect when they were at Mississippi State. Um, you know, maybe they looked at him and said, "Hey, he's not going to come to Mississippi State, so we're not going to we're not going to allocate resources in that direction." But uh, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's the act of one person. I I don't know that you can hold Mullen responsible. I think one of the things with the credit card scandal last year, and even, even, even in that case, we were sort of like, Hey, this is, Mm -hmm. this isn't necessarily indicative that the program's out of control or anything like that, but it, it, it was a little bit harder to say that when you had seven, eight, nine guys involved in it and it kept getting bigger. And, it, you know, it originally felt like, you know, it was going to be like a, you know, they were going to miss the Michigan game or, or maybe not even miss the Michigan game. Um, and it turned into, you know, a full season for some of those guys. Um, in this case, it's one incident doesn't say something specifically about Mullen or his ability to coach, but it is a black mark for the university. And, and the credit card scandal was a black mark for the university last year. And, and there were obviously quite a few disciplinary problems when Urban Meyer was here. And part of the reason Muschamp was brought in was to clean that up. That was one of his charges. And so um, anytime you're heading in this direction, that's not a positive thing, but you know, it's not something where I'm going to hold Dan Mullen responsible for the actions of, of one kid. Um, You know, and again, the previous incident that you mentioned wasn't something that happened on UF's campus. It wasn't necessarily something where um, Watkins was even part of the team yet. And so, um, you know, I I just don't have enough details to be able to tell you, hey, this is what they should have done, or this is what they could have known or anything like that. I, I think it's presumptuous to say, hey, they should have known. But I think it's also valid to say that now that they have details, and as they get more details, that they should act accordingly.
1: Yep, and some uh, Gators Breakdown listeners out there followed their uh, shared their thoughts uh, on Twitter as well. So David Soderquist uh, was wondering which kid or kids would slip up before the season, never fails, and it's always a good one too. Well, hopefully we got that all out. Now let's start the season, please. Um, Robert Guagliardo. Uh, Probably mispronounced that. but uh, That was close, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. Uh, sorry, Robert, if I mispronounced that. Uh, but, uh, I mean, two incidents in three months, he's probably going to end up off the team. Mullen probably just waiting to get the facts. Uh, Christopher Coots, don't think he has much of a choice. Hopefully he keeps his nose clean. Hate seeing stories like this. And Easton Wilkins, good to see that we have a coach that won't deal with this crap. I know this is a small incident in comparison, but when I think of what happened at Baylor, Penn State and Michigan State, if there was an attempt by the coaching staff slash athletic department to cover this up, I'd have to find another team. So, you know, varying opinions uh, uh, out there, but those were kind of some of the strong ones uh, that was sent our way. And as far as, you know, Will, if we go back and look at the type of player Florida was bringing in, a Watkins four-star prospect uh, from this past class, as we mentioned, uh, one of Florida's top-rated signees, and this is a report from Thomas Schoolcamp and what as well. He enrolled for Summer B, so, of course, he hasn't been on campus long. Uh, East Ridge product out of Claremont, Florida, played offense and defense in high school, and was slated to play cornerback uh, for the Gators as, uh, you know, there was some talk, whether it be receiver or, or cornerback, But now uh, we know when he was coming in, it was going to be him playing cornerback there. So of course he wasn't really going to be fitting into the starting rotation all that much. You had Marco Wilson, you have CJ Henderson, Chelsea Gardner Johnson at Nickelback, but you know, there's still not a lot of proven depth behind those guys with Brian Edwards, trading Amari Bernie. So Watkins would have been able to come in probably part of the reason he wanted to play defensive back, Um, less depth there, less proven depth there as compared to wide receiver. So now, you know, if, he doesn't come back around. He's suspended right now. Uh, you know, the, the depth at uh, at cornerback, defensive back, just got a little shorter.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe that's true. I, again, I, I, I think how it pertains to the football team is really sort of immaterial to me right now. We could sort of talk about that as, as we move forward. I I look at it and say, okay, um, you know, some human beings are being affected here. And and I just hope that, that UF does the, th- the right thing and takes care of those people appropriately. And, and beyond that, it's like, okay, if, if we have to deal with one less cornerback, then we'll deal with one less cornerback. And, and I'm okay with that. If that's the outcome, if, if the allegations are true. So, um, you know, I, I think Florida has plenty of athletes. They'll be okay back there. And uh, you know, out of all the places where they could maybe afford to lose a player, <laughs> defensive back is one of them. I
1: agree. Yeah, not a lot of proven depth, but I think uh, plenty of talent back there to see what those guys can do uh, with this new uh, defensive coordinator, Todd Grantham, and the new system out uh, he'll be bringing in place uh, there. So, well, before the uh, the bad news there uh, broke earlier on Tuesday, where we're going to get into uh, what the SEC media had to say. About uh, you know the the SEC and their predicted order of finish and where they had the Gators and you know a lot of talk of where Florida would be picked uh, last week in Atlanta would it be you know, of course it was going to be behind Georgia would it be second or third uh, going along with South Carolina so you know we'll start there on the Eastern Division of course that's where our Gators play and uh, Georgia of course no surprise there 271 votes uh, there to take uh, 271 first place votes you know so definitely ran away. Uh, with uh, the, the SEC East a uh, predicted order of finish by the media there. South Carolina was picked second, eight, eight first-place votes there. Florida was picked third with four first-place votes. Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt round out the Eastern Division. Um, so in the, the total points of how they tally these up, uh, South Carolina had 1535 and Florida had 1441 so you know that was pretty close there uh, Georgia with 1977 so all the way is uh, With Georgia with 1977 point not one thousand nine hundred and seventy seven points South Carolina 1535 Florida 1441 so you can see how big the gap was will from Georgia down to South Carolina and then how close it was from South Carolina to Florida
0: yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's surprised that George is being selected to win the <laughs> SEC. Um, certainly, I mean, they won the SEC last year, uh, made it to the national championship game, have a true sophomore quarterback who played very, very well as a true freshman. Certainly they lost some players that, you know, they've lost their top two running backs, but they have a five-star guy, DeAndre Swift, who's going to be able to step in for those guys. Um, the defense was top ten last year in yards per play. The offense was top ten last year in yards per play. Um, you know, they don't have Notre Dame on the road this year. Um, so the schedule is considerably easier than it was last year. And you have teams like Florida and Tennessee coming off of abnormally poor seasons. Um, you know, I, I think uh you look at you look at those teams, at, I mean, you know, really Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina, and even Missouri have sort of been the doormats of the East, and it's been always a question of Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. Uh, maybe you think South Carolina is going to rise up. Maybe you think Missouri might rise up under Drew Locke, but you know n- none of those teams have the firepower of Georgia, and it's it's going to take it's going to take something special, I think, to knock off the Bulldogs this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, good thing you know for for South Carolina they play in week two of the season, so if you're going to catch them, maybe you catch them there. Uh, I think that's kind of where a lot of the love comes from. we well, are putting South Carolina second is playing in Georgia early in the season. Maybe they don't have those kinks figured out. Uh, there, of course, Jake Bentley, Debo Samuel coming back a big time, you know, his first three games last year, big time playmaker for South Carolina really proved it. Uh, if he could stay healthy uh, throughout the rest of the year, he made up, you know, would have made a a larger impact on the offense as a whole as the season went on. But that offense still struggled on a Kurt Roper, which is why they made the change uh, to Brian McClendon there to be the new O.C. You know, Florida third, South Carolina second. You know, I, it doesn't bother me either way. Whoever voted South Carolina second or Florida second, I think uh, splitting hairs there. You can make a case for South Carolina. You can make a case for Florida. And Dan Mullen, uh, with the, his reputation of being a, a good game day coach and end season coach, he has you know his reputation uh, around the SEC really stands out. Especially when you were walking around uh, the different media last week. So that's why I figured it would be close. That was one of the the bigger topics last week is who would be picked second behind Georgia, South. Carolina. Carolina? Carolina or Florida, and and the close vote really, really showed that.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised at South Carolina. I really am. I mean, I know that they went, what, 9-4 and last year? Yeah. But their point differential was more of a a 7.5 win team, and whenever you've got that big of a point differential, you got lucky. And, you know, you – and and i don't think any of us believe that will muschamp is necessarily a coach who will outplay his his point differential he certainly didn't at florida he was pretty much right in line with what the point differential was so really what you're looking at last year was a team that was probably 7 and 7 and 6 8 and 5 and they wound up, um, you know, they wound up sort of riding the coattails of, bet- of records in one score games that, that quite honestly is unsustainable. So last year, South Carolina went six and one in games that are one score games. If they'd gone four and three or three and four, you're looking at a seven and six team or even a six and seven team. Combine that with the fact that Jake Bentley didn't get any better last year. In fact, yeah. he was a little bit worse. Um, And certainly that's part of why Roper's gone, but why do we think he's going to get better? I mean, he came in his freshman year, he played pretty well, Um, but last year he averaged less yards per attempt and he averaged and his completion percentage went down by 3%. And so, you know, could he get back to where he was the year before? Sure. But that still was a below average quarterback um, you know, in terms of whatever you want to look at, QB rating, yards above replacement, anything like that, below average. So they have a below average quarterback. They were a seven-and-a-half win team last year. Seven-and-a-half wins isn't getting you second in the SEC East. And so I don't I, – I think it's um, – I think the signs point to South Carolina regressing to the mean, and I think it's probably going to be somebody else in that
1: second spot. That's somebody else being Florida? Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, I don't really know. The, the The other thing that surprised me in this pick was that Tennessee is picked so low. Yeah. Um, Tennessee has recruited just as well as Florida over the past four years. Tennessee has just as big a question mark at quarterback as Florida does, except that they've brought in a, a graduate transfer in Keller Christ, who's going to come in and, and battle with Justin Guarantano. And if you look at the three years before their 4-8 and eight season last year, Tennessee went 25-13. and 13. Florida went 26 and 14. So
1: and really me, and really really close games between them.
0: Very very close and it could have gone either way and if two of those games go the direction in Tennessee Butch Jones is probably still around and we're having a lot more fun talking about <laughs> talking about how things are going. We're we still, so, I mean,
1: we still talking about bricks
0: <laughs> so i mean you know I, I don't think kentucky's a threat i don't think vanderbilt's a threat i don't think south carolina's a threat i think the top four in the east is georgia tennessee missouri and florida i think georgia's a clear number one and then the question is how do you put tennessee missouri and florida now missouri struggled against teams that are really really good but if you figure that south carolina vanderbilt and kentucky aren't very good yeah. you know that how many of those games are they going to have to win? And then you got to start looking at who are they playing cross conference and all those sorts of things. And, you know, I, I think that starts to make a difference And a team like Florida has to play LSU. A team like Tennessee has to play Alabama. And I think Missouri has that kind of cross conference, uh, cross conference team on their schedule. And that kind of thing makes a difference.
1: And why you say that I am going to look that up because I really want to know now. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you're right. It is, you know, you have to look at things like that. Uh, here we go, Will. October thirteenth, Missouri and Alabama.
0: Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs>
1: and I thought that was the case, but I wanted to make sure before I said it. So.
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you Googled and proved me to be an idiot. So that's good. But so uh,
1: Alabama gets to play Tennessee and Missouri. So
0: all right. Well, <laughs> so. So there we go.
1: Florida gets Florida gets a break there.
0: So that actually does change my mind a little bit in terms of the way those things are ordered. I, I think I think Drew Locke's probably going to be about as good as he was last year. And last year he was very good. He was the best quarterback in the SEC. And if and Missouri's defense wasn't very good, but you know, does it need to be that good if you're scoring 45 points a year? Um, it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors, I think, just in terms of um, again their their expected wins was seven and a half. Um, now they went they went seven and six, but certainly by the end of the year they were sort of blowing the barn doors off everybody. Um, you know, so average they were they ranked eighth in the country in yards per play against FBS teams, and defensively they were fifty first in yards per play. So middling defense, very very good offense. I think you're probably going to see that again this year. Um, Again, I have no idea what to expect from Tennessee because I don't know how Pruitt's going to be, and I really don't have an idea of what to expect from Florida because I don't know what they have at the quarterback position. And I, you know, at the end of the day, if you told me, if you, if you told me that my life depended on it and I had to bet on one of these teams, on one of these teams, I'd probably take Missouri just because I trust the quarterback.
1: Yeah, quarterback play is uh, yeah really important. Of uh, course, kind of how. That it it did kind of go that way when I was deciding who I was going to pick in the. In, in, in the cellar of the East, so I, I'll fast forward to my picks in just the East picks right now. Of course, I had Georgia one. I did pick Florida second, and South Carolina third. And I've, you know, I've said this many times on this podcast when everything's kind of close to even in my mind, that's when my bias will take over. So that's why I picked Florida versus, <laughs> over, over South Carolina. You know, no no qualms and and no uh, no I won't feel or anything there. I did have uh, South. Um, I did have Missouri fourth, uh, there Tennessee fifth, Vandy sixth, Kentucky seventh, and a lot of people wondered. Uh, you know, me having Kentucky down uh, on the bottom and not just, you know, quarterback play, and I, I don't really think they have one. And that's the difference for me was putting Shermer from Vandy over whatever Kentucky trots out there as being the difference maker there. But look, that's, that's really splitting hairs. Uh, I'm not sure Vandy, Kentucky, the gap's going to be all that big. Tennessee, you're right, is kind of an enigma. They do have more talent, much like Florida, than what they showed record-wise last year. And that's part of the reason Butch Jones got fired. But what keeps me from putting putting them above Missouri and South Carolina uh, and, and Florida for that and maybe just a tier below those teams right now is just having a first-year head coach. I think Pruitt was a good hire. I think he'll end up being a good hire when that all said and done. But speaking for this 2018 season, I think he's got his work cut out for him.
0: Yeah, well, the places I typically look um... – just to look at talent because one of the places I think really makes a difference on defense is the defensive line and the defensive line rating according to 24 seven sports for Tennessee is 97.2. And to me, that's a pretty big deal. Now those guys have not performed up to, so it's Kyle Phillips, shy Tuttle and Jonathan Kongbo. Those guys have not, those guys have not performed up to those recruiting rankings, but if Pruitt can get, can get Mm. big performances out of that defensive line, and they can live up to their talent because they have a coach who's pushing them and putting them in the right situation. Tennessee's defense can be pretty good pretty quick, and that's always been the problem on Tennessee is their ability to stop anybody under, under Butch Jones. Now, certainly quarterback is a big question mark. Um, you know, Dorbin, he's gone, and, and you've got Chris and you've got Guarantano. But, again, I, I understand why anyone would put any one of those three teams second. Yeah. And, I'm, and to be honest, I haven't gone, obviously, I haven't gone and looked at all the schedules. But, <laughs> but I haven't looked at the schedules to, to necessarily know who's playing who at home and on the road and all those sorts of things. Um, I do think it's an advantage for Florida. I wrote about this um, this past week in an article. I do think it's an advantage for Florida that they're big time, that the Mississippi State game and the Tennessee game are on the road. And those teams, you know, the Mississippi, Mississippi State's got a little bit less talent. But... Tennessee has more talent. And then Florida State has more talent and Florida plays them on the road. And then Georgia has more talent and that's a neutral neutral um, neutral site game. So all the games in the swamp are games where Florida, just based on recruiting rankings, should have more talent. And I think for the most part, We would say that over South Carolina, over Vanderbilt, over Kentucky, um, those are teams that Florida has more talent than. So um, if if you figure there are going to be a couple of losses in there somewhere, you'd rather have your harder games on the road because then you have a better chance of winning those games at home, and that might give Florida an advantage.
1: All right, and we'll go to the other side of the conference in the SEC West, and no surprise there either, Will, as Alabama with 263 first-place votes Uh, Auburn with 19 first place votes. They were voted second. And then here we go. Mississippi State, Texas A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, Arkansas. That's your order of the SEC West there. Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, Arkansas. So as I said, no surprise there. Auburn being uh, picked second. Honestly, really no surprise either. Then that's kind of where it starts getting a little muddy. Mississippi State, Texas A&M, LSU. Those three teams right there, pretty close when it all came to the final final tally of points that they got. Mississippi State actually garnered two first-place votes, by the way, uh, there. So that roster Dan Mullen uh, left there is getting a lot of love. I know Marcus Spears from ESPN, SEC Network, really, really, really high on Mississippi State. Uh, So, Will, as I said, got muddy after Alabama and Auburn. Mississippi State, Texas A&M, LSU. I uh, know you're a little higher on LSU uh than most uh kind of high on Mississippi State uh of what they not really high on Mississippi State, but I think they'll be okay. Uh, you know, them being picked third in the West, I think is about right. That's where I had them slotted uh as well. But you know, once again, I still think once you get to that and the media the media tally showed it, you're splitting hairs between Mississippi State, Texas AM, and LSU.
0: Yeah, you know, this is one where you obviously mentioned I'm higher on LSU, and a part of that is because I'm really, really, really a Joe Burrow believer. Are you and so what? If, and so if can, that's can a surprise. It? <laughs> so you know, if Burrow turns out to be as good as I think he is, then I think I think LSU makes its way into that top tier. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just think that's that's what ends up happening. And and because I mean if if you look at how they have recruited over the last four years, they they compare pretty favorably with teams like Alabama and 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 Georgia. They're not quite as good on the recruiting trail, but I think it's like they've averaged seven and a half, they've averaged a couple of five stars a year, they've averaged something like fourteen blue chips a year. So they're up in that tier where you would say, Okay, if they get quarterback play and solid quarterback play, you would expect them to be a very very good team and so that that's kind of where I'm leaning is I, I gotta be honest, I, I'm gonna pick LSU to win the West. Whoa, you're and picking them to win the West. I'm gonna pick them to win the West. I think they're I think they're gonna be way better than anybody thinks. And I think Alabama has a quarterback controversy. And you know they've got Hertz
1: you really think a quarterback controversy you really think Saban's gonna let that affect them.
0: You know, I, I don't know what Saban's gonna do. All I know is that, hey, I'm, t- I'm tired of people picking on Orgeron. <laughs> you include-
1: I, I'll, I'll, I'll pick on him a little bit, but I will say he, he probably should get a little more credit than, than what he did. Now, I'm not falling head over heels for him, but he's better than uh, – he you know, he's he's put it together better than I thought he would so far at LSU.
0: Yeah. Well, so there's a couple of things here. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit tongue in cheek here, but if you ask me to do it, I'll, I'll pick it, whatever. I mean, nobody, people will call me an idiot and that's fine. It's probably true. But, but I mean, it's no fun to pick Alabama. Like, I don't want to pick Darth Vader to win every year. Like, look, look, let's pick, let's pick somebody else. Plus, again, I look at it and say, who has the talent to compete? Like when you look in the East, it's Georgia. And then it's everybody else from a recruiting perspective and from a performance perspective. When you look at the West, I mean, LSU was nine and four last year. It was a very Mm -hmm. good team. And they've added somebody who I think has the potential to be an elite quarterback. And And that matters. So they were 34th last year in offensive yards per play. They were 26th in defensive yards per play. If they all of a sudden have an elite offense because they've got a quarterback who can who can make things hum, let's say they end up top ten in offense. Well, now you got a team that profiles as a team that might have a shot at the playoff, I and mean, that's really what that means. Um, you know, no, is that you know is it good enough to take on alabama? You know, i don't really know, but alabama loses, you know, 12 guys to the nfl every year, so if we're going to say that georgia's losing some people and so this is an opportunity for maybe somebody to get them, then is it an opportunity for somebody to get alabama. And every year think people about,
1: say, think about that though. alabama's proven time and time again that it doesn't really matter. well, that's not for that's them. not
0: that's not true though cuz alabama has not won the national title every year since saban's been there. well, okay. You know, somebody somebody picks them off about every 3 years. And the question is, is this gonna be well, two
1: games Yes. But
0: well and hell, half the time they win the national championship when they haven't even won their own conference. <laughs> so I mean that was last year is the second time they've done that. So um yeah, you know, I, I just think there's a clear, clear delineation between LSU Alabama and Auburn. And then Texas A&M and Mississippi State, and even Mississippi. Um, one thing I will warn people about is they need to watch out for Mississippi. The, the um, you know the quarterback there at Mississippi last year played really really well. So Jordan Tamu played very very well in limited time. I so will say think-
1: they probably do pick off one of Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State. they don't get one of them.
0: Well, one of them is going to have a really bad year while everybody's saying they're <laughs> going to be good because you can't have you right can't have turn. six teams yeah. who are who are you know seven and yeah. one in the conference. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I think this is one of those years where people go, "Wow, it's pretty pretty decent Murderers Row out there." But, you know, if you look at Old Miss, Tamu had 173 throws last year, averaged 9.7 yards per completion. He also averaged 2.9 yards per rush. And so he was really, really efficient when he was out there. You look at Jalen Hurts. He was the same way, averaged 8.2 yards per attempt and 5.6 yards per rush. And Alabama wants to – you know, there's talk that they're going to move him out of the starting position. People are talking about making him a running back. And, you know, I, I – Think that that sort of, you know, that kind of strife you get—you get guys on a team picking one guy over another, you know, one guy struggles and maybe you get bit on the road once or twice because of that, and you know that's really been when Alabama has struggled in the past is when they've had a transition at quarterback. So, um, you know, they have that transition and all of a sudden the new guy who comes in, they're a little bit they're a little bit slow by the end of the year. Usually Alabama is still the best team, but the question is, have they lost to Texas A&M along the way, or have they lost to, you know, somebody else along the way that they maybe shouldn't have. And, you know, I, obviously Alabama is the favorite. I think it makes sense to say Alabama is the favorite. LSU is going to have a, have to have a lot of stuff go right in order to win the West, just like Auburn will have to have a lot of things go right to win the West because of who they're competing against. But I think LSU is positioned in a way to do that. So, um, you know, their 24-7 ranking over the last four years has been 91. They've averaged one and a half five stars, 13.3 four stars, um, and a 7.3 recruiting ranking average. So, you know, we talk about top 10 classes and that gives you a shot. Well, if you think they have a really elite quarterback, and I think they might, then this is the year to pick them.
1: Two things about LSU there. They don't have a Geist or a Fournette to, to, to help Burrow. But to your point, if you believe he's that good, then he'll make the whoever that running back a little better. And I'm still not 100% sold on Steve Vinsminger being the offensive coordinator there. Uh, a couple years ago, you know, he had to fill-in. Uh, when, when Miles was fired and we saw that and you know, so maybe he brings something different to the table now that he has a full offseason to work with and, and maybe he would br- he's probably bringing in his offense instead of having to work around what the players already knew that year. Uh, and you know, he, he has uh, two talented quarterbacks that went through spring and now Burrow transferring in. Uh, there, so you don't have a controversy. Don't know how long that controversy will last once fall practice starts. Uh, but we we'll get there and Mississippi State, much like you said about Tennessee and the recruiting they've done against so on the defensive line, well, theirs is proven. And you, you know, you've talked time and time again about that defensive line being kind of a staple of a defense to have success in the SEC. was well, they have that, and with you know, Jeffrey Simmons leading the way there, and so that's kind of where I, one reason I'll still pick them up there because that defensive line. And that front seven for Mississippi State, you really, really speak to me about a team that can kind of go at it for the long haul this season.
0: Well, they're going to need to be because the quarterbacks that they have there are not necessarily. Ooh, um,
1: and get this, too, before I, I just just popped in my head, Joe Moorhead says Nick Fisher will pass more. Now I don't know if that's a good thing.
0: That's a really bad thing. <laughs> um, he averaged 6.2 yards per attempt last year. Katen Thompson averaged 5.9. Trace McSorley at Penn State averaged 8.4. Um, you know, we'll get into this when we do team previews, but I'm not a huge Joe Moorhead fan looking at his history, um, sort of the teams before he, uh, you know, the teams that he coached beforehand how they played on offense, and then when he came in as the offensive coordinator, and then when he left, um, I think everybody sees Penn State and says, wow, what a great job, and uh, you know that's true. Penn State had a really, really good offense, but uh, I think Trace McSorley had something to do with that, and I think we might see that this year.
1: No, oh, okay. There we go. Uh, so we'll fast forward to uh, who the media pick for SEC champion. No surprise, Alabama there, too, with 193 votes. Georgia with 69 votes. Will, did you think that would be a little closer? Uh, between Alabama and Georgia, of course, the the great uh, national championship game last year, which you know, Georgia still runs Sony Michelle in the second half instead of abandoning the run with him, they probably win that game. Uh, but you know stopped, we still remember the, the play that took for Tua, uh, what second 26th, I believe or something like that, that hit, <laughs> hits the game winner there when you know we can still as Gator fans smile gloriously that Georgia still hasn't won one since nineteen eighty um, after that. But you know one hundred ninety three votes for Alabama. Uh, or 193 points, I think, is how that's broken down to Georgia's 69. Did you think it would be a little closer?
0: No, not really. I mean, Georgia lost the two top running backs, has Fromm coming back. Um, Alabama has two elite quarterbacks coming back and Damian Harris at running back, and all the players that Saban brings in every year. Um, it, you know, if you're going to pick, I mean, you know, what we believe, or at least what I believe, is is that stars matter. And they do to a certain extent. And so if you're looking at what's most probable, I think you could, I mean, and you'd be proven right if you'd done this ever since Saban took over. If all you did was bet on Saban the entire time that you, the entire time you've been at Alabama, you'd, you'd be pretty wealthy. There'd be times you'd be wrong, but you'd be pretty wealthy. <laughs> and so, and, and so, you know, I, I think that's probably the, the most, you know, Bill talks about this a lot. Like, you know, I'm going to tell you what's the most probable thing to happen based on the numbers. And I think that. That's true. If you look at Alabama, you look at you look at the SEC when Sabin's been involved, it's been a smart bet to, to look at him. Um, at the same time, like I, I don't think they're invincible. I don't think there there can't be things that go wrong. I don't think that locker rooms are invincible and necessarily don't don't take on personalities. And you know, they dealt with the fact that Jalen Hurts got benched last year in a really good way, but it was the last game of the season and they won the national championship. I wonder what that looks like if they bring in two in the second half and it ends up being a flop, you know, what does that look like? And what happens if that happens in 2018 where they're going back and forth and they bring in the backup quarterback and he throws a pick that costs the game or he, or he fumbles the ball or, you know, whatever, you never know what's going to happen. And and certainly locker rooms are pretty fickle. So I think there are some opportunities there where Saban's going to have to really manage that and, you know, he gets paid the big bucks to do that. I think Alabama is probably the best option to pick, but
1: uh, you know, I as we saw last year, doesn't always happen that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't make the SEC championship game last year, so um, you know, maybe that means I'm stupid for picking against them this year. But <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna stick with it, man. I I have uh, I have I have bought my uh, my. Uh, beachfront property on borough island and and i'm gonna just <laughs> camp out there all season long man
1: uh will uh florida had two first place or two sec champion votes uh one of them was not me So <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was gonna say i'm I'm glad you were able to uh to reel in your rampant homerism for for that um yeah apparently, I mean, it,
1: uh, but apparently i'm you know glass half full guy which i mean i'm kind of glad i hear that because i've also been told um negative same, too critical so I, I guess that uh speaks to being pretty pretty neutral there
0: yeah well you know you, you let bill you let bill and i come on here and, and be the negative <laughs> Nellies. so that's why everybody that's why some people think you're positive but oh, no you know I, 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 I think i think there's a difference between being realistic and again saying what you think is probable can florida win the sec this year i guess is it something that I would necessarily expect? I don't think even the most ardent Mullen supporters are are looking towards an SEC championship this year. I think they're looking for progress, and I think they're looking for better than four and seven. And I certainly think that will happen. Um, where they lie, and like I said, that two, three, four with Tennessee, Missouri, and Florida, I think is an open question, and, and a lot of that's going to depend on what Mullen can do with the quarterback and who the quarterback is. Um, I'm not sure who voted them for SEC champion, but uh, I'm not either.
1: Nobody, uh, I talked with some people and uh, not that I know of that they were picking Florida to win the SEC. Yeah. You know, hey,
0: more power to them. There's, there's a ton of votes. So you may as well throw one your alma mater's <laughs> way because I'm pretty sure that was somebody who went to
1: Florida. <laughs> uh, as far as it went, so how I picked the West there, uh, I picked Bama, Auburn, Mississippi State third. I did pick LSU fourth. So I had them higher than the, uh, the rest of the SEC media as well. Uh Texas AM, Ole Miss, Arkansas. So um, I I really am interested, Will, in how Jimbo fits in right away at, at AM, you know, Starkle and uh Kellen Mond there as a quarterback battle goes uh there. Starkle sounds like may get the get the job, but uh uh we know they have talent. They've recruited well uh as well. They just never seemed to could find the way once through like halfway of the season that could never really just kind of capitalize on what they would do in the first half of the season. They would play Alabama and their season would fall apart. Uh it'd be it's going to be interesting. You know, Jimbo knows the SEC. He knows the guys. He knows a lot of the guys in the SEC. He knows Nick Saban. He's recruiting well, re- really, really well right now. But as far as 2018 goes, I still think he's got his work cut out for him.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, Starkle was a really good player last year. Two hundred and five attempts, eight point seven yards per attempt. I mean, very, very good player when he was playing. Um, if you look at uh, if you look at Mond, he was not such a great player. So six point one yards per attempt, and we certainly remember how he pretty much single handedly kept Florida in the game last year <laughs> in that game against a and him at the swamp. Um, so I th- I think if 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 I were to bet, I'd say that Starkle's the guy that uh, that uh, that. Jimbo's going to go with, and you know, I, I don't know. They are not in the top tier, but I do have them at the top of the second tier. So my SEC West is LSU first, then Alabama, then Auburn, and then it drops down to Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and Mississippi, and then Arkansas is last. I think Mississippi's going to score a lot of points. I don't think they'll be able to stop a whole lot of people. I think Mississippi State's going to be worse than people think. Um, I, I think that you know. Uh, Dan Mullen is a has proven to be a very good on-field coach. Joe Moorhead has not proven that yet, and we'll see. Maybe he proves me wrong, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put him there until then because I'm not sure he's got the players that he wants to fit his system. Um, and then again, A and M Starkle's a good player, but I don't know if they have the firepower of LSU, Alabama, and Auburn.
1: Um, well, I was going back and looking. So if 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 you would have been at SEC Media Days last week, you would have been the only person to vote LSU first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey, I'm, I'm unique. I come with a unique perspective. It doesn't mean I'm right. It just means it's unique.
1: <laughs> when you were going through that, I was like, oh yeah, did they get a first place vote? Oh no, they didn't. Okay. They did not.
0: <laughs> and you know, if I were to pick who's going to win the SEC, I'd say Georgia. I mean, if you had Georgia and LSU okay. playing the SEC championship game, I'd pick Georgia. Um, though, then again, I can still, like I said, I can still pick Alabama to win the national championship, even if <laughs> that's that's the way things play out. So LSU will be playing whoever this year's UCF is in the Sugar Bowl. But uh, um, again, I I understand it's a long shot to pick LSU, but this is one of those things where because of the fact that Burrow potentially could have transferred to Florida. And obviously Mullen didn't pursue him, but I spent quite a bit of time watching his film. And so I'm biased in that capacity and that I watched it, but I'm also biased in that I looked at his statistics and I looked at his film and I was pretty impressed. And, uh, you know, you look at you look at Auburn and Stidham's gonna be a good player, you look at Alabama mm-hmm. and Tua and, and Hertz are gonna be good players. And if you think the Borough is gonna be as good or better than them, then LSU's in that tier. You know, did they beat Alabama? Do they beat Auburn? I don't know, but uh, but that's who I'm gonna take.
1: All right. And we'll uh, put it out there as a poll question to our yeah. listeners out uh, there. So uh put out there yesterday, where should Florida have been picked in the SECs by the media? And out of 1,122 votes, 60% said Florida should have been picked second in the SEC East. Um, Third place voting got 23% of the votes. So uh, 60% of the poll results, second place, 23%, third place, 12% said first place, and 5% said fourth through seventh.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why people would think they'd be second automatically. I mean, that's more of a, a legacy pick than it is. Um, you know, again, I, I can understand why you'd have them somewhere between second and fourth. But I mean, last year they were 104th in offensive yards per play, they were 67th in defensive yards per play, they were 105th in defensive pass yards per play. So, you know, we talked a little bit reluctantly about about defensive backs maybe i need to take that back and say and say we need as many defensive backs as we can get but you know they they had 243 points for 300 points against so really you'd expect them to be a four win team in you know 4.4 win team in an 11 game season that's exactly what they were so they were who we thought they would be based on the point differential they were really bad offensively they had the worst quarterback in the SEC by a pretty significant margin um you know, there's a lot of stuff that has to go right for them to be second.
1: All right. And our uh, listeners uh, sent their thoughts as well. So, Doug Angelo, uh, I say second only because Georgia is stacked right now, but one little slip, be it a quarterback injury, a running back injury, and we're in the hunt for number one. I don't believe the South Carolina hype there aren't that good. Uh, the Gator Good responds with a uh, them third and hoping to be one of college football's most talked about stories of the year with a football program comeback. When the Gators are in the hunt, it's better for college football um at uh hustle uh coming off a really bad season us being third is generous but in my opinion we're second and coming for first uh josh horton says uh third is a safe bet florida is bringing in a new system with mostly pro style linemen that haven't been great lousy play at quarterback to say the least a great running back stable but questionable wideouts that can't get open lack of depth at linebacker replacing both specialists Plus, also add the fact that these boys have not been through an offseason workout like this period. Highly debatable if the redshirt seniors have been through this kind of workout with Dillman and Muschamp. Now, uh, Lucas Mann uh, says we should be much improved, but not at the dogs level. But with better coaching, I see maybe 10 wins, including a bowl win. Brian Perry, second uh, last year, what everyone says is at least a top five coach and better offensive weapons and non-vanilla defense. Definitely second uh kevin harris second i'm not sold on bentley in first year of a new offense our pieces are better plus the game is at home taylor Pullen, i said third we still have no idea how the quarterback situation will pan out plus the defense is still a question mark to me did it suffer last year due to use slash injuries and coaching or was it a talent thing i love our dbs though uga uga and south carolina have less question marks than florida don't. couple more here. Andres Rodriguez, Florida should be second. I think the impact of having a lot of guys back on offense is significant. The main positive is not having an OC calling plays that my nine-year-old German shepherd already knows that he will call. And here you go, Will. Hashtag third and long play action. <laughs> uh,
0: what, what I would say to all this stuff, and certainly the upgrade from Nussmeier to Mullen is, is significant. Um, but if you look at last year, eight and four, which is, I think, what most Florida fans would be happy with. Eight and four puts them third last year. Um, you know, they would have been behind South Carolina, would have been behind Georgia. Now, maybe you don't think South Carolina's a nine and four team, but certainly someone else is going to rise up to that level. If Florida can get to nine and four, then, um, you know, for regular
1: season,
0: eight and four regular season, maybe they sneak into that second spot just because the, the quality of the conference in that on that side is a little bit lower. Um, so if you think they're an eight and four team, maybe they get over to that space. But, uh, yeah,
1: according you know, to how it whacks out, if they're, you know, if, if one of the if the fourth losses at the shoe, then you only have three conference losses, probably. Uh, and then you know, Georgia being one of those, more than likely. So you pick two somewhere else. So if you get the head to head against South Carolina, then. That's where yeah. you, that's where you probably well, are. I
0: mean, but, but last year's third and fourth teams in that division were seven and six, and they were four and four in the conference. So, yeah. um, again, it, it's a question of, I mean, that cross rivalry with LSU always means that they've got a tough game um, going at Mississippi State in Starkville is rough. Georgia, obviously, is a very good team that they're playing in a neutral site at Florida State. Um, You know, so uh, there are some, and even at Tennessee and Knoxville, you know, teams Mm -hmm. that are pretty equivalent in, in, in talent, and really sort of equivalent in terms of what they've done over the last four or five years. Um, So, you know, it's not going to be easy. I can see a path to second, but I can see a path to fourth. And really, I think it's going to boil down to what does Mullen do with the quarterbacks. If if he can, if he can find a quarterback who can be better than average, Mm -hmm. then they have a shot to be second. Uh, maybe even a shot to sneak in if something weird happens at Georgia. Um, But they're going to need – they can't just – I don't think they can just have a game manager. I think they're going to have the guy who really wins some games.
1: All right, and the last one from Jefferson DeVoe. Uh, USC is more stable and too many unknowns at Florida with new coaches on both sides. New system and quarterback is still a huge question mark. But uh, in my opinion, the offensive line is key. Let's see what happens with UGA, USC – and what they do in week two. So he's mentioning uh, when they play each other, uh, and we'll go from there. So thanks for all the uh, feedback and comments there. Uh, Gators breakdown wouldn't be uh, much without uh, all the interaction with you guys out there. So thank you so much for uh, you know taking the time and, and sending your comments in. Um, uh, and when talking about uh, all these SEC media picks and uh, Florida being picked third in the East behind Georgia and South Carolina. Well, uh, you had an article up earlier this week on read and reaction. Uh, about a path for Florida and eight wins. We've kind of broken that down a little bit here uh, as well. So, you know, you can hit on that quickly. And what else you got coming up?
0: Yeah, I just encourage people to go take a look if you're wondering about the schedule. Um, Dan Mullen, when he was at Mississippi State, sort of he would have nine wins one year, seven year, wins the next, you know, then eight wins next year, five wins the next. And I sort of went back and looked at it. And it turns out that he had um, he had Alabama and, uh, and LSU on his schedule, either – they were both home games or they were both road games um, you know, every other year. So those two happened to be on a schedule where they were always both at home or both on the road. And that corresponded with whether Mullen had a good season or not. So when Mullen had to play both of those teams that had more talent than, than Mississippi State and he had to play them at home, well, that was a problem because then he had to play teams with less talent on the road. So it was actually an advantage for his overall record to play the big boys on the road. And so Florida has that advantage this year is that they're playing teams that are more talented than them, either on the road or neutral site games. So Florida State, from a recruiting ranking perspective, Tennessee, same thing when you just look at their starters, um, Georgia, um, and then uh And there's one more in there too. But um, the nice part is Mississippi State is not a team that's more talented. And so going on the road, they have a shot to win that one. I think that'll be a pretty even game. There will be some key games, but at the end of the day, most of the games, the games against Kentucky, the games against Vanderbilt, the games against Missouri, those games are at home. And so in a game where you might say, hey, Florida's going to get trapped here, it'll be in the swamp, and hopefully they can pull those out.
1: All right. What you got coming up there on the website?
0: Oh man, we're going to be working in the, uh, some of the season previews and, yep. and just sort of getting geared up for the season. So it's gonna be a lot of football, a whole lot less recruiting, hopefully. So <laughs> so <I> sort <laughs> of set my piece on, on where that is. And, uh, well,
1: Friday night lights is, is this Friday. So, you know, uh, I'm sure we'll kind of hit recruiting big one more time, uh, after Friday night lights. But as you said, you know, it's down, down to football now.
0: Hey man, it's football season getting ready for, uh, Getting ready for it. Only five weeks left and really excited about September 1st and and a couple weeks after that going down to Knoxville. So um, a lot of previews coming up, a lot of stuff that's going to be talking about on the field stuff, hopefully some film breakdowns. And then also some of the stuff we talked about tonight, but in more detail with, with some statistics and some film looking at the different players on these teams and why I think they might perform better or worse than than what we've seen thus far.
1: And kind of what Will is alluding to, um, listeners, we just want to give you a heads up on what's coming and and coming up and and starting this week on on Gators Breakdown. We'll be here to get you ready for the season. We'll dive into the 2018 schedule and break down the Gators opponents for the season. So listen to the Gators Breakdown opponent preview starting this week on newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown, iTunes, YouTube. All that good stuff, however you, you want to watch it, they'll, they'll be there. Just like they are. would be a regular podcast. So uh, we're going to start hitting that. Uh, we're going to kind of skip Colorado State, or not Colorado State, um, Charleston Southern for the first game of the season. Because, you know, that game is more about Florida than it is uh, about Charleston Southern. It's a game Florida should easily handle uh, there with Dan Mullen's first game in the swamp. So it should be a fun time. it would be a night game in the swamp for Dan Mullen's first game against an opponent that is should be severely overmatched. Um, Mullen and Mississippi State played Charleston Southern last year, and I believe it was like a forty nine to nothing game. so you're kind of familiar with that program, but when it's all said and done, you know it'll be a, should be a uh, it, it'll be a one and those start for the gators and then later this week we'll put our put out our opponent preview starting with Kentucky.
0: Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. We've already recorded a couple of them. it's been a lot of fun and uh certainly we will uh we'll finish that up and get every everybody prepared for the season at least the way we think it's going to go.
1: Absolutely, it should be a, a lot of fun, like Will said, and those would be uh, kind of two a week up until the season starts. So uh, it'd be a fun time talking to, talking about the Florida Gators' opponents, how these these opponents fit against Florida. Uh, you know, not just a total preview of these teams. Of course, you know we'll have some Gator talk in those as well of kind of how these how the matchups go with those teams uh, and, and the Gators. So, Will, we did it again.
0: Hey, man, it's it's fun. It's always fun. Hopefully the news is better next week than it was this week. And yeah. and certainly, you know, just uh, thoughts and prayers to the people who have been affected by the stuff we talked about early in the show. And, and uh, you know, looking forward to the football season to start.
1: Absolutely. So that's Will Miles. You can find him on Twitter at WillMilesSCC and his work at ReadAndReaction.com. I'm your host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. The guys will go out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.